Hey everyone, welcome to Trends and Things, where we bring you real chats on what's buzzing. On today's episode, Joe Rogan, boy, he can't stay out of the news right now with his latest controversy being a compilation of him saying the N-word in the last 12 years on his show. Mix that with the ongoing Spotify debate. We're going to chat about our thoughts on Rogan himself, the fact that more artists are boycotting Spotify every day, and of course, the whole free speech conversation. Also, a Christian school in Brisbane introduced a pretty shocking enrollment contract that caught out homosexuality as a sin and required trans students to identify by their birth gender. All of this a week before the school year began, so it's very interesting. And the wider community, of course, called this out. The school has come out and changed a few things, but is it a bit, little bit too late? We chat about the damage this causes and how it all ties into the religious discrimination bill that's being argued in Parliament this week. A big episode coming up. As always, a very big welcome to the show to you. My name is Gordon, joined by Scotty. Mate, how are you? How's things? We're officially into February, first month of the year. Glonskis. Oh, yes. It kind of feels like a bit of a, a bit of a write-off because I don't think I did actually anything in January. Yeah. Um, where typical January is like, you know, it's summer, you're mm. out, it's your big social month. You want to kind of kick off the year um, with a big start. But I'm like, nope, this is the same as last year, the year before <laughs> that. I've been at home, yeah. chilling out. I want the change. I want something to break my routine. Um, and of course, people say, you know, be the change you want to be. you got to do it yourself. I'm mm. like, Mate, there's a fucking pandemic. I can't go out, <laughs> going out, hugging my mates and, and, you know, doing all that. So I'm optimistic that I want, you know, like, I, and I say, I think I said this last week, I just want like this whole COVID thing to roll over so I can go back to, you know, socializing about worrying about, mm. you know, someone's sick and kind of just having this like underlining fear gone that, you know, I might get someone sick or they oh, might yeah. get me sick. So is it February? Is it March? Is yeah, it May? Yeah. I don't, who, who knows? I'm just... I'm going to keep saying it because then eventually I'll be right. And that's what I want at the end of the day. I want to be right to say this is a month that everything's looking up, you know, coming up meal house. Essentially. Oh, mate. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I wait with bated breath for that time. You know, we've been speaking with some other mates about travel and stuff this year. Oh, yeah. And it's a bit of a shit show, right? Because everyone's trying to plan for the worst and you can't really go about the, you know, I feel like travel is, is obviously one of the biggest things that's been decimated in the last oh, two yeah. years with the pandemic. And I was talking to a mate uh, in Germany and he was sort of like, why aren't you coming? Like, why, why is it all hitting the fan now? I was like, look, I'd love to be able to just lug up and go to the other side of the world. God knows I'd love Who to get wouldn't? out of Australia yeah. right now just for a couple of weeks. But yeah, it's just one of those things. You can't really be, you, you, can't, you have to be aware of all the restrictions mm. and all the planning. Otherwise, normally you just go, yep, fucking book the return flight to Europe. I'm out I'll here. figure <laughs> out the rest later. Uh, so look, hopefully that time isn't too far. It definitely feels like we've taken a month to ease into 2022. Yes. Um, but Scotty, it's uh, it's been a week and the news keeps on piling on when it comes to Spotify Joe Rogan. I mean, this is this is the oh, yeah, topic yeah, yeah. of the, the last few weeks, you could argue. Definitely in the last one week, it's been a bit wild. And overnight, sort of the last couple of days, 72 hours, I don't know if, you, if you've seen this, Scott, but it, there's the latest controversy. Uh, as we obviously know, um, mm -hmm. Joe Rogan's under a bit of pressure. few artists have uh, been taking their music or their content off Spotify. And, you know, Spotify, I think, have played the sort of, like, we, we, we back Joe Rogan. He's a good resource for us. Also realizing they paid him, what, 100 mil to bring his his, pod, uh, his podcast Over exclusively to platform, onto yeah. Spotify, right? Um, but, Scotty, this is basically what's happened. And for anyone who's who's not familiar with this, Joe Rogan sort of used to be the Fear Factor guy back in the day, mm. if you remember that. He's now in, involved with the UFC and has his the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, 
you know, we've talked about timings for our podcast, Scotty, and we've, you know, in the last couple of months been floating around the 30, we're about 30 minutes, the 40 minutes an episode. Yeah, here and there. This guy's mm. three hours. So if you think, if you think we've Oof. ever been long, this guy is the king of long. <laughs> um, and there's this sort of controversy that's happened where a Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter, India Ari, she announced on her Instagram that uh, she was removing all of her Spotify, uh, music from Spotify because of racial slurs that uh, Joe Rogan had made during his podcast. And she mm. posted this little montage compilation of basically the last 12 years showing Joe Rogan using the N-word multiple times and, and various racial slurs. Now, as you can imagine, this has been obviously a big talking point and a lot of people have been yes. like, Joe Rogan, what, like, what the heck are you doing again? He's since come out. He's apologized. He says says the clips were taken out of context. Um, says this his use of slurs, and this is a quote. He says, the "Most regretful and shameful thing I've ever had to talk about publicly. It's not my word to use. I'm well aware of that now. But for years, I used it in that manner, which he all sort of spoke through in like this six minute borderline cringe Instagram account apology mm. that he posted." Uh, and he said, you know, the, the famous line, I, I never use it to be racist because I'm not racist. You know, when sure, these instances sure, come up, it's always the, the usual line. Um, and of course, this has added to the controversy about, you know, we've, we've seen it, Scotty, Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, Nas Lofren have all pulled, you know, perhaps older demographic artists mm, and stuff, mm. been pulling their music from Spotify as a bit of a protest, mainly to Joe Rogan's COVID-19 misinformation and stuff like that. But this is now adding another, it's not just about COVID-19 now. It's like artists are looking at all the different things that he's saying and sort of critiquing that a little bit more specifically in, in particular with this instance, with the, the use of the, the N word. Right. Um, and Spotify sort of quietly have pulled about a hundred episodes in the last couple of days of the Joe Rogan experience. Yeah. Like right. Okay. A lot of contra more controversial episodes, episodes with interesting let's say a borderline relevant guests as you can imagine um and this is this is starting to really heat up i think because i want to talk about a few things scotty and i'm keen to get your thoughts on on the whole topic as a starting point but uh what i found interesting brene brown i'm not sure if you're familiar with her scotty she's like a bit of a uh a personality she does a lot no. of, she's done a few tedx speeches and huge uh especially for in terms of business life coaching stuff like that She's got a bunch of exclusive pod, uh, podcasts with Spotify. She's come out and said that she will stop making those episodes uh, until further notice, basically, until this Joe Rogan mm, situation mm. is fixed or some type of, uh, I guess... Some sort of action yeah, is done. something's yeah, done. Yeah. So that, that's a huge one. I mean, still, I think Joe Rogan, as far as numbers are wide, uh, considered, he's got a massive following. We all know this. None of these artists pulling out, as we saw with Neil Young. Spotify was sort of like okay, then we'll take it off. Like we're not going to lose, uh, you know, millions upon millions upon millions of listeners through Joe Rogan compared to sort of Neil Young. Neil Young's Sadly. listeners, yeah. Um, yeah. So look, what, what do you make of it? What's your initial reaction before we, you know, unpack it a little bit? It's just wild because the coronavirus stuff that, okay, sorry, the coronavirus stuff that initially started this was already wild in itself because it's all about, you know, a bit of misinformation on the content he's uh, Joe Rogan's produced mm. and how to address that. And then now tie in this, you know, him using the N-word. Taking out context, I just, I'd like to just sit down with him and ask what context <laughs> is right for you to use this word in the first place. And yeah. I think over 12 years, you probably would have picked up, you should stop using this word. But I don't think even despite these two things, and like these aren't 
in you know by themselves they're not minor things together they're huge mm. i don't think it's enough to get rid of joe rogan off the platform right he's still probably you raise that spotify made a multi-million dollar investment to get him over they obviously want that return of money they're not going to just oh, drop yeah. him after no dropping way. millions into him and arguably he's got a really loyal fan base right i I'd be surprised if his fans heard all this and a majority of them said, all right, this is the thing that, that's going to do it for me. I'm going to move on. They're loyal. They're going to probably stick behind him. It makes him more of the underdog despite mm. him being a multimillionaire yeah. himself, right? Like he's, <laughs> this yeah. is like the Wiggles we spoke last week about winning the Hoss 100. It's not like they need this number one title. Mm. Um, so look, I think it's, it's interesting because Spotify, even as they responded to this, said, oh, you know, we'll add some... Um, some like content warnings and and whatnot. So it's not really like a hard response. It's like a soft, like, you know, it's still your choice to listen to it, but we might give you some additional resources. I think that a response to the situation means Joe's here to stay. I just think, and you know, we run a podcast, right? And this is the whole thing that baffles me about running a podcast is we're just two dudes. We don't have Mm. a production team. We don't have staff behind us. But every time we pick something we're going to discuss, it's, you know, like, what's the impact of discussing this thing? It's not like we, you go in blind saying, well, you know, we're going to talk about politics today and whatever happens, happens. You kind of like guide the conversation yeah, in a particular course. way because you know what these kind of topics uh, will get a response from. So Joe also like playing dumb. I got that kind of response as well. Like, I didn't expect people would think that my content would rub people the wrong way. It's a bit of a piss take. You run a podcast, a multi, like a huge platform. Mm. I think you have a higher standard to create your content so it doesn't come off so negatively negatively has it done as it done with um with this COVID stuff and with the using the N-word. So not a fan, but I also think he's such a monolith like character in this space. Is he untouchable? That's kind of the thing I keep going back mm. to is he's probably untouchable. He's not gonna be dethroned, he's not gonna lose like his spot. He's probably here to stay, oh, yeah. I reckon. I think that's that's for sure. I mean, if we, the one thing I wanted to start off with, and you mentioned it mm. there briefly, Scott, is this debate around free speech. I, God, I hate talking about it. Like we've we've gone through it a few times, and <laughs> the whole cancel culture thing many times here on the pod. But you know, like you you mentioned with the the use of the n word and saying it's out of mm. context. A lot of a lot of response to this is like, if if you're not black, yeah, how can there ever be an out of context scenario? Like he's mentioned himself. He's like, I'm aware that use that word is not mine to use yet mm-hmm. i i sort of use it anyway and obviously he's trying to defend a way that he's he's using it right and he's trying to use it within quote unquote context but i feel like the minute you use it and you're not black it's completely it goes straight away to being out of context like it doesn't matter anymore like you've used it mm. there's no getting away from that and that's what i found quite interesting around this whole response like a lot of fans, and God knows he's got the fanboys out there, right? They're all he across does, socials yeah. defending him. Bloody siege mentality point of view, right? And <laughs> a lot of people were saying, a lot of people who I, who I found defending him or saying something about Joe Rogan was like, look, they, yeah, people are, it's a classic media attack. Like they're using, they're taking out of context his use of that word. It's like, hold on a minute. Like if you, that's just blind defense of someone. For, mm. I like him so much that I'm not even going to question the use of, that word in this scenario and, and yeah. realize that it's not okay to use if you're not black at any point in time, really. And sort of going, you know what? I, I'm so much a fan of that person. It'd be like when, you know, Aziz Ansari had his, you know, controversies around abuse and, and mm. you know, his actions and stuff. As much as I liked Aziz Ansari and to, still do to this day, I sort of, it, it would be, have been remiss of me to just go, nah, 
I like him so much. It can't be true. It's, of course. It's, that's not accurate. Um, and I, yeah, there was a lot of retrospect, a lot of searching, as I'm sure he did as well at that time. He came out mm-hmm. and spoke about it quite publicly. And in this case, I'm like, okay, Joe Rogan's come out and apologized for saying it, but he sort of also doubled down on like, but yes, I, I am sorry. Like I've said this, but it's been taken out of context and it's, yeah, it, yeah. Th- there's that little caveat. You couldn't just come out and say, "I'm sorry. I this was wrong, uh, and this was the the not the right way for me to do it. I'm going to learn and do the rest of it." Blah blah blah. It was like, "Nope. Yep, I was wrong, and I do regret it." But it was taken out of context. The whole free speech thing is so damn wild because it's like everyone who's the <laughs> the big, I guess, like advocated for free speech is so precious when they can't have like one word. You know, you've got you've got the whole damn language, and it's it's one word because it has deep cultural and historical meaning. It's not yours to use, and yet you're just you're gravitating towards it. You're like, I have to use this word to be. It's sort of like those edge lords, right? You can't. Mm. You're just pushing people's <laughs> buttons because you know you shouldn't be saying it. You're not saying it to make a point or like to actually progress the conversation. You're just saying it because you'll make people react. And I think that's a lot of what I see from Joe Rogan is. I will admit I've seen, I have seen like clips of his content where it's been a pretty good conversation, like some Mm. stuff around the USC or some stuff around um, like health advocates, Uh, not around COVID. I just want to make different (laughs) health advocates. (laughs) He has had some seriously like decent content, Mm. but when he gravitates towards these different, you know, these high gray areas and um, these sort of like very topical areas all in the context of, well, I'm just asking the questions. I'm just asking the questions. You're only asking the questions because you, you want to elicit like a really, a, typically just like a bad response. You want people to get fired up. You want people mm. to, you know, you want to impact people's lives. Like you're not part of these communities. You're not part of the, the conversation. And it's not your place. Like, mate, you have so many conversations. You, you, t- you talk for three or four hours with other people on other topics. Just pick a lane. Don't You don't need to mm. have your hand in like every kind of pot. Yeah, it's... But, well, yeah, go, go, go. Well, I was going to say the one thing that came up as you were saying that is like, um, yeah, he, he's not going to like the fact that he's got in terms of this free speech debate, a lot of people, these artists, Neil Young, mm. Joni Mitchell, Brene Brown, they've all pulled their stuff right as a reaction saying Spotify we want you to take action or we're not going to put music back on. Mm. And it's like a lot of Joe Rogan fans have also come out and credit been like, why are you making this a big, like, why are you, Why would you do that? Or if you want to do it, screw you, fuck off then. Like, you know, there's been a lot of criticism <laughs> by them yeah, on these artists. Mm. But it's like, well, aren't these artists doing the exact thing that you're such a patriot for? Like, you're, you're there waving the free speech flag. These mm. guys have taken, these artists have taken a, their own decision. They've gone, all right, I'm going to enact my ability to do as I want and take my music off a platform that is like, giving a, a big platform for someone like Joe Rogan and spreading misinformation and everything else. Isn't that the whole narrative that you stand for? That it's like, all right, yeah, sure, you may not agree with them, but isn't that free speech at its at its at very its core? core? Like yeah. at the very start anyway? Yeah, look, it's um I feel like it's always a debate you never win. Because when yeah, people enact that free speech. And I have back Neil Young because like, you know, he's I think he's getting to an age where you probably can't tour as much. And mm. so stream money although probably not making bank not in huge, a way, yep. it still contributes to someone like him. So to actively make that choice where he's going to take a cut and all these artists come behind him as well, um, as Spotify has kind of made itself as the industry leader to like mm. stream music, it's a big thing for them. And I think they probably have such a belief in their free speech and, and choice 
they've decided to remove themselves off this platform. I back them, right? It's such a, because, you know, other celebrities can always call out someone else, mm. but they don't do anything meaningful behind it. Like, yeah, you know, you're a bit shit. I'm going to make an Instagram post and I'm done. But to actively pull all your content from a platform is such a big move. It makes so much sense. I think more people should applaud this because this is the mm. kind of activism we want to see, right? Is you don't just talk, you actually, you know, walk the walk yeah. and do something about it. Um, so I'd, in this conversation, I'd like more, so much more attention shone on these artists because they're doing such a great thing. I don't know if Joe would ever respond, I guess, to this. And I think that's the the shitty thing about having such a p- big platform is he can essentially like determine the narrative. He can have someone else come on and say, isn't it a shit thing that Neil Young d- d- has done to me? And then his audience will be like, oh yeah, it is a shit thing. It is a mm. shit thing. So is it freedom of a speech or are you kind of like manipulating the dialogue just so you can have your way? And that's why I feel like if you have uh, Joe with such a big platform, your fans aren't really maybe thinking for themselves. They're just kind of following you blindly. Like you said, yeah, they've just come out, haven't looked at this, uh, history of using the n-word and spreading misinformation it doesn't matter what anyone says it's uh well i'll follow him blindly until the day he comes off the platform because he's yeah. joe rogan and also he is a tv personality he's come over to a podcast so it's not like he's done he's mm. probably done some achievements but he's not like a world-renowned scientist yeah, or yeah. humanitarian he's just he's a guy who likes to talk for four hours maybe smoke a joint on his yeah. show it's <laughs> he's got an interesting business model i guess you could say yeah, like you exactly. know exactly i think that's a lot of his appeal right as well like it's unscripted i think for the most mm. part but like you know three hours just sit there like you're having a long chat with someone which you know has its i'm sure some people obviously clearly a lot of people like that sort of just Get a yeah. big random, like an Elon Musk in, yeah, smoke a joint, talk shit for three hours, talk about like every single topic possibly you could think of, uh, and then put up it, put it up unadulted sort of onto, onto Spotify or onto whatever platform. And I guess that's where I want to finish. I want to talk quickly about, to wrap up this on Spotify's yeah. role, but not only Spotify, like every other sort of media producer or I guess platform, because we saw it recently with Netflix, Dave Chappelle, of course, mm. had the controversy. They backed him quite strongly over that one. Um, but we saw the blowback was pretty strong by their own employees and, and everything else. We then also to a to a more to a slightly different extent here in Sydney, Sydney Festival, one of the big sort of art uh, festivals yeah, had the recent definitely. controversy with the, you know, Israel government and embassy and stuff around some some funding they got and a lot of artists then boycotted, took their shows off uh, the Sydney Festival um, mm. schedule and still ran the shows, but ran it elsewhere. I guess I wanted to ask you and, and get your thoughts on is like how is it ever could it ever realistically get to a point where any type of channel whether it be Spotify, Netflix, big theater productions, uh, festivals, see some change in like the customers because mm-hmm. of uh, you know a controversy like this whether it's Dave Chappelle whether it's Joe Rogan whether it's funding you know whatever it is because one thing I was thinking about I was like all right all these artists are starting to drop off Spotify realistically for me personally scotty i'm like you know i'm sure many like you many of us use spotify on the daily you know it's a it's a main music source some people may be using amazon and apple music but they're still so far in the daylight between first and second and third oh Uh, definitely you know it would take a little bit but could it ever happen could it like if there's a big couple of artists like if there's a, a drake or a taylor swift or something someone like that who 
goes down the same route as some of these artists. Could we see a bit of a, you know, movement of change and people flooding onto other platforms or, you know, maybe it going a little bit more independent, anything like that? Can you see that? I don't know because I think we're really um, dependent on convenience. So, mm. and look, like I'm as lazy as the next person, right? <laughs> and just the idea of say, you know, say like the biggest artist I love band together, like, like, I guess like that was like title to a degree, right? Like a few artists mm. didn't like how Spotify worked. I don't know if it was Jay-Z. Jay-Z, set up Jay-Z. To, right. And that's the thing, like, and in principle, it sounded really good because it was, you know, really more for the artists and more a better curated experience, but I've not even downloaded title in the time it's been around. And I think it's just because we're so ingrained in some of these like monolith services, like a Spotify or Netflix. Uh, I just don't know how much of us would want to break that behavior just so we can jump over to the right platform. Um, I don't know if it's like a price point thing or if it's like a, maybe if it's like a, a pledge, right? So if like a really big controversy came out um, and, you know, a new platform popped up and said, look, you know, like this is how we will specifically address this. Cause I think even Spotify's thing was a bit weak. They said, we know mm. we won't moderate content, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, our content yeah. creators will do what they do. I think if a new platform came out and kind of was a bit more explicit and said like, hey, yeah, content creators have freedom, but we definitely don't stand against X, Y, Z. And this is what we'll do if they do these sort of things. Maybe that gives us customers more confidence to make the change. Because I think, you know, in our heart, it's like, sure, I'd like to jump over to a new platform, but what's stopping it from happening on that platform? Yeah, 100%. Mm. So I'd like to be, you know, I'm lazy. But I'd like to be optimistic in the sense that if a platform came out and kind of made that pledge, yeah, we're not going to stand for this. And here's how we're going to address these kind of controversies if they ever came up. That might be the thing that sways me. It's I don't want to be hurt again. You know, I oh, guess that's the thing. Totally. <laughs> it's it's going to be an interesting few weeks. I think that's for sure. Like mm. Spotify, I'm sure, are in a bit of PR panic mode of just trying to go, how do we manage this whole thing and, and make sure it's, it doesn't become into a bigger deal. Yeah. And every day it's sort of going against them. Like we've seen this recent controversy with the, you know, the montage video and, and other things pop up. It also feels like there's a little bit of slow rolling momentum with the whole artists, mm. like t- removing their content from Spotify. I, look, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Like, look, by all accounts, we have our podcast on Spotify as well. Uh, God yes. knows we don't have millions of uh, listeners perhaps, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we're definitely, it's it's something that you look at and you go, there's so many people on there. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next coming weeks. Mm. Like, hopefully it doesn't get, well, I guess it will be interesting to see what happens with this pot Joe Rogan show. And, you know, they've invested a lot of money into this from a Spotify point of view. They won't be letting it go. I feel like that easily, if you know what I mean. You made the point there. They're putting the con- content warnings on. They're sort of trying to go, cool, what is the middle ground with this show? Like, mm. do we, how do we keep it on there and keep the millions of viewers or listeners on the platform, but also make sure this whole boycotting potential simmers down a bit more? So look, let's see what happens. God, it's going to be an interesting few weeks for the old uh, green networks. All right, to our second topic this week, another one of a big uh, topic that's kind of come up interesting in, in A, what it is, and kind of just being like the whole political landscape at the moment. Yep. And I really just want to jump into it. It's um, this City Point Christian College uh, up in Brisbane in Australia that's introduced a new enrollment contract for the students. Mm-hmm. And essentially, this contract has discriminated against queer and trans students Um Parents were expected to fill in this contract or organize their kids to go to another school, 
literally a week before the school term started. So, I mean, that in itself mm. is a bit of a uh, bit of a shocking thing. And the story initially, I think, broke out when Australian comedian Christian Hole posted about this across his socials, um, signing particular parts of the contract that has reference to uh, queer and trans students. Uh, and I kind of just want to go through it very quickly because there's been a lot of media attention around it. The contract uses this uh, particular wording in that uh, we believe that God intends sexual intimacy to occur only between a man and a woman who are married to each other. We believe that God has commanded that no sexual activity be engaged outside of marriage. We believe mm. that any form of sexual immorality uh, included but not limited to adultery, fornication, homosexual acts, bisexual acts, bestiality, incest, pedophilia, pornography is sinful is offensive to God and destructive to human relationships and society. And then the final part was, we believe that God created humans as male and female. Living in his fullness includes identifying with the gender that has been bestowed upon each person in all aspects of their life. Media, wow. like, it's just like, who wrote this, firstly? <laughs> because, like, you, you wanted, like, an arrow. Like, you wanted a tiger on your back because you just, you've caught out so many marginalized communities in this and... The, uh, the commentary that's kind of come out as well as relating, you know, I guess um, being queer as the same regard as like bestiality and, and pedophilia, which is, you know, like that's just a mm. whole can of worms you can unpack another time. Yeah. Just like, it's just <laughs> That's not a on. big one. Yep, yep. Um, but look, since the backlash, the school has reverted back to a previous version of this contract. Uh, and I believe the school's principal, um, Brian Mollahan, is on extended leave, and I don't know if this talk if he's, he'll come back or mm. not. I think it's just one of the things where you go on leave for long enough, you come back and hope this has has blown over. And this this story has been covered by the project almost like every uh, major outlet in oh yeah in Australia in terms of news. So really big props to Christian Hole for I think again I think he did initially first he broke point it out. out. Yeah, yep. and I want to acknowledge that. We don't have to debate that this was a cooked decision. Yeah. I think changing the contract just didn't make any sense. But I do want to wonder, and this is, I guess, what I want to get your take on, is the school waited so closely to the start of the term to essentially force parents to accept in this contract, knowing mm. that it would be, what, probably impossible to get enrollment into another school. It makes me think that they probably knew they were doing something dodgy. Like, could you have not introduced it at the end of last year, give parents time to look through oh, it yeah. and maybe come back with some... And then they come back to you with some notes or some questions. What's your take on potentially the timing of this coming out? And I don't know, I guess maybe your gut feel when you, you hear this about this potential being a story. It's, I mean, look, a week out before the school term starts, like we sort of mentioned in the intro, mm. obviously it's a bit of a, cool, we're going to do this quickly. Because you would know, anyone surely would know, with the, with the with the rational mind would understand that you announce something like this, there's going to be blowback, right? So Of course. I do wonder if it's a bit of a, cool, we'll almost try and do it under the radar. Like everyone's worrying about COVID and like returning to mm. school and shit. So maybe we can sort of push this one, uh, you know, do a little federal government vibe and, and sneak it in <laughs> under the radar whilst people are talking <laughs> about other shit. Um, but yeah, look, obviously it's an inch. It, I think we can both agree, as you mentioned, that it it's a no-brainer on, on reversing it. Um, I guess what it does prove is that this type of thought and and – school of thought rather is still being mm. it's still very much an opinion that exists in society right we saw it in a way around the plebiscite stuff and you know in oh, general talks yeah. about uh lgbtqi rights and stuff like the, the cliche example is like if you're a baker and you know you want to serve a uh someone who is lgbtqi 
and you're Christian or you associate as someone who doesn't necessarily believe in that form of sexuality, as crazy as that is mm. to say out loud, you don't. You have the right, ironically enough, having just talked about free speech a bit with Joe Rogan, to then not serve <laughs> them or to not give them a cake because uh, they are of a specific sexuality. It made me mm. think about that during the week. I was like, imagine if every single... Because that's what they've done here, right? They've gone, all right, we have a view on LGBTQI, trans, everything those types of people and Mm. we've written it up in this very strongly worded uh statement uh which imagine if you went to get your car fixed and you're at a mechanic and the mechanic was like oh this is my political point of view all right this is my religious point of view do you agree with it if not i'm not fucking fixing your car or if i was going to the groceries and i was packing up my shit at woolies and the packer was like are you an atheist and i was like oh I guess. Oh, I'm not. I'm. I would say I'm agnostic. Then you'd be like, well, fucking, I'm not packing your bags then. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it can, yeah. it can be applied across so many different things, and it's sort of ridiculous to think that a functioning society could operate mm. with every single person in agreement. Sure, but in this case, it feels particularly um, judgmental or particularly mm. wrong for the for a school to come out and, and say this. And I guess it's always going to be controversial with the religious schools, right? It's they're, they're founded on religious doctrine and of course, they, yeah. they, it's very much embedded into the, the state of the school, but um, it's one of those things, right? Where there are only so many schools as well. So, you know, is that fair enough to be a, a decision that they can make? I don't think so. Um, and I think the timing is definitely a matter of them trying to sneak it in, try to be a bit subtle about it. Hopefully no one really notices um, yeah. otherwise they would have, like you said, done it a bit earlier and got people to ask questions and they would have got shot down for it early. Yeah. And look, it's, it's just so to me, it's a bit batshit in the sense that obviously it wasn't like one person who decided let's change up the contract, right? It's like, I don't know who makes the decisions in schools, probably the principal and some sort of like executive team, but it was like a bunch of people that said, Hey, yeah, let's, let's do such a big change to how we enroll students that we'll single out these people and not let them come through which kind of makes me think that it's sort of not the end of the saga, right? This is such ingrained thought that's probably going to last quite a while that I wouldn't be surprised if the school comes up again in the future because I've tried to maybe like, maybe we went too hard with this change. Maybe we'll first, maybe we'll first say queer students can't come and then trans students. Maybe they'll try and work through it. Um, and the, in my mind, I was like, how can you problem solve this? How can you make this better and maybe easier for students to not deal with the stressor right because if you come to the school sure they've let you come in but you've now enrolled in the school knowing that you're probably not welcome Mm. to some degree oh yeah um i was like you know we've spoken about having um representation right but i feel like maybe that doesn't work in this instance of like uh an advocate or a voice for uh the queer community to be on a school board or i don't know what pnc is doing i'm not i'm not really a parent so i don't know if they actually do anything Mm. but is this probably one of those instances where representation can't work because the doctrine is so against a particular, like, you know, minority group? But yeah, possibly. I mean, it's mm. it's one of those things where, you know, if you start to break it down, like, the yeah, the fact that it's a minority group and the fact that schools for so long have either been sort of public and no yeah. religion or christian slash catholic or anglican right it sort of falling under that wider christianity banner Mm. um so that it's not like there was a school made from the point of view of lgbtqi right that's big that has always been an afterthought like sure if you're definitely you come to our school if you associate or that way or if that's your sexuality and it's like i guess they've always been 
like I said, an afterthought to these types of things when it comes to schools and stuff. And, you know, they've, for whatever reason, been seen as like inferior or like, yeah, a minority group for some reason, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is something we're working on, I think, getting better at in Australia and around the world. Um, However, it does make me, it just makes me wonder, I guess, about schools as a a general, um, as a general institution, because, you know, we've been seeing in the census of late and there was a big campaign last year around um, no religion or census, no religion. I think the campaign was called uh, around sort of people mark trying to mark that, you know, sure. Like for example, both of us were involved in the church when we were younger or like mm. we were associated with a religion. I would, I would say I'm agnostic. Like I, I, I maybe believe in a higher power, but I don't float to any specific religion necessarily. Like yeah. whilst I am baptized and Catholic, I can respect the role of certain religions. Um, like, the, we're heading towards that as a country, right? Like as a, as Australia, so. yeah. if not in the next results or census, like I'm pretty sure no, no religion will be close to the highest, if not the highest, right? We've moved away from <laughs> the 90th percentile being, you know, I remember in the 1960s and 70s, it was like 90% of Australia identifies as Christian. Yeah, Hence, yeah, yeah. but no, slowly no, coming down. Yeah, and yeah. No, no surprise that we have schools based in that doctrine of faith, right? Mm. So mm. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one because I think we're going to, like it, they've obviously reversed in a way this decision and, and the uni that I went to Scotty as well, Catholic uni. And since, yeah, right. since, since the last few years, I think they've realized like, you know, a lot of people growing up, a lot of younger people are, you know, having different, they have different pronouns. They are LGBTQI. Mm. They're a lot more open with their sexuality and who they actually are. And they've gone, you know what? We need to be representative of that. If we're not, even if we're a Catholic in like education, school, whatever, we've got to be willing to change a bit of our view on it because otherwise, well, we're not going to get any students in. They're not going to come to our university because they think we're, you know, all floating in this particular belief. Like, yeah, well, yeah. in saying that there's, st- there's like a church, there's like a church on campus and there is still a very active sort of ministry situation. So I do wonder if that's the future we're going towards is like sort of having a more, uh, like even these highly religious institutions mm. being, a bit more aware of society. And I think that's the reason they've, they've re- rebuked on this little decision, right? Is they've gone, mm-hmm. they've obviously got a lot of heat as a result of it. <laughs> and they've gone, well, let's change it up. So yeah, who knows what's going to happen, but I think it's the right decision. I think hopefully we'll see more schools, Catholic, religious, whatever, start to accept all types of oh, people and religions yeah. and stuff. Like, I think that's the future. Yeah. Right? Here's hoping. And I think that's the, the very quick thing I want to wrap on in is, um, the time was so interesting because this week when we air the episode is when Parliament will mm. debate the religious Jeez. discrimination bill. I'm not sure if you followed much of it because a lot of it kind of came up near the end of last year. And you'll be forgiven if you actually prioritized your mental health because of COVID <laughs> and a lot of stuff to just give this a bit of a breather. But essentially, like this week coming is the is D-Day for them. They decide if it's going to pass or if it's, you know, they're going to reject it. Um, have you seen much around the debate or yeah. did you kind of give it a, a pass last year? I, I have seen it pop up. I have, look, I won't say that. Yeah, I've been absolutely across every decision, but I have seen mm. it whenever it comes up in the, in when it's sitting time or they're making a decision on it, I have been following it. And it feels like it's been, it's a little bit representative of that census stuff. Like there's still a yeah. high majority of people who are religious sitting in parliament and as members and stuff like that and voting on decisions like this, but there's a growing sort of you know, representation in politics who aren't. I was talking to a friend yesterday uh, at the pub about how like the Liberal Party needs to almost do a bit of a rebrand, like this idea of like Perite and these highly Christian 
Catholic scomo oh, type of yeah. people. Um, that's not like we've seen with News Corp. They're, they've changed their whole vibe at the moment. They're, they're pro-changing the date for Australia Day. They're... Mm talking about climate change, things they've never talked about before because they know that pe- their audience is dying, right? Their audience is getting older. They need to appeal to younger readers. And I think yeah. a lot of these politicians need to appeal to younger people. Like these kids who are going to these types of schools who are who have got a way bigger range of friends from different religions and different sexualities than ever before, they're going to be the ones making the decision in 20 years' time about who's the yeah, next prime minister, yeah. right? So, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how these bills go because it's going to be very representative. And I wonder if... You know, the politicians who are firmly in the camp of keeping, you know, religious discrimination a thing, um, they might they might have that in the back of their head potentially when it comes to voting for something like this. Oh, look, yeah, definitely. I think it's um, it's probably one of the big decisions they'll make before that federal election in May. And I think people mm. will remember who voted and what, and that potentially might be a, a time of the signs that they're, they're ready to go. So, yeah, whether it's top dogs going himself or any of these ministers – uh, which I think some of them have been really pushing for this bill to pass through, they might be on the wrong side of history and that might come yeah. and bite them in the ass in May. So that's definitely worthwhile to uh, watch it in the coming week and I think that will be uh, uh, a tough decision mm. to uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. to see if you can still back the, the, the Liberal Party if they've gone a particular way on this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, it's bound to be an interesting week. Hopefully we see a positive decision on that bill. Uh, yes. And look, I think that'll do us, Scotty, for this week. A two two chunky topics, I think it's fair to say. Two very uh, a, lot, a lot of things <laughs> happening on both sides, but uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. As always, you can also follow us on our socials at Trends and Tings on Instagram, where we're putting everything up this year, uh, and of course, Patreon.com forward slash Trends and Tings if you want to support us. It's just a fiver a month, but as always, it'll always be free. So if you can go on to you know. God help us, the Spotify's, the Apple podcast, mm. Apple Music's of the world. Give us a little rating, uh, you know, as you feel uh, so fit to, you know, hopefully it's five stars, but at your discretion. Um, of that always helps us, uh, you know, boost up our profile for the potty uh, and keeps us going for free as well. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday for our Wawa Abbey uh, episode, Scotty. Uh, until then, have a good week. We'll catch you then. See you, everyone.